Welcome to another edition, the first 2024 edition of Sounding Off on Soccer. This is John Krasinski, Pittsburgh Soccer Now. It's been a fairly quiet offseason for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds. It's been a fairly quiet um, run of news and information uh, cycle as far as Pittsburgh soccer goes in the past month or so, but we're really revving up. Things are going to start to rev up for 2024, and I'm glad to be back here on the podcast once again. <clears throat> and I have a few special guests uh, later uh, in this podcast, too, um, with a completely uh, different story, one that sort of came out of nowhere uh, a little bit, and we'll be glad to share that with our Pittsburgh soccer audience Um shortly but before we do that i i wanted to address uh the pittsburgh riverhound situation as the beginning of 2024 uh has started and you know a lot of people out there the diehard riverhounds fans are certainly hungry to see this club just continue to take the next step and get to the next level and and do great things and no doubt in 2023 they they did that the Pittsburgh Riverhounds in 2023, capturing the Players Shield USL Championship, going deeper in the US uh, Open Cup than they ever gone before. And the fan base, of course, disappointed though at the end of the year. The Hounds get into the USL Cup playoffs, host a first round playoff, could potentially have been at home at Highmark Stadium through to the USL. Uh, cup final if they could have gotten there but of course disappointment came when losing to Detroit City FC first round in October and back to the drawing board but what happened was back to the drawing board for Bob Lilly uh, a little bit of a reshuffling in terms of his coaching staff uh, of course Dan Visser has been appointed uh, deservedly so I had him on the podcast Dan Visser uh almost seven years as assistant to Bob Lilly and to Dave Brandt at the Riverhounds organization had been promoted of sorts to uh, this, the club, the organization's sporting director. So he'll have sort of a dual ro role now where he will be assisting uh, in terms of maybe building roster building and things of that nature, but also a lot of focus on uh, the developing young players um, through the Academy, through in the Pittsburgh area, that type of thing. Uh, and Dan also has done a lot of, lot of legwork to, in his time supporting um, the, the top club. So, but also working with all of our, uh, the young Academy players and things of that nature. Um, so, so we'll see Dan's role shift. And with that, Rob Vincent, a familiar name, people uh, we all know, uh, if you've been around Pittsburgh soccer scene long enough, Rob Vincent came into his own, uh, started and was signed at the Riverhounds in 2013, a player who signed as a on, on an open tryout. He had uh, excelled at the University of Charleston, but a Division II school like that um, had come from England, had come from, uh, uh, had come from England, and... <clears throat> you know, kind of had to work his way into becoming a professional soccer player here in the United States and certainly earned that th three plus years with the Riverhounds, 2013, 14 and 15. And uh, of course, 
made the jump to DC United MLS for a year and a half or so uh, before injury sidelined Rob Vincent. He is back. He has been with the academy for a while as a coach, but now he is back on Bob Lilly's staff. So it'll be exciting to see Robbie Vincent, and I certainly would like to get him back onto the podcast soon. Rob's always been uh, very generous in terms of his time um, with me and, of course, my book. Uh, if you're looking at the video, if you see behind me, The, the Miracle on the Mond, Rob Vincent, of course, graces the cover of that. Uh, and so Bob Lilly's a little bit of a reshuffled staff. So what do the Hounds do in the offseason? Well, they got their priorities in order in terms of how they're going to manage and build their roster in 2024. And a lot of people, you know, question, can they retain players? Can they re-sign players who are out of contract, who had outstanding seasons? And of course, the three primary guys in that case were Arturo Ordonez, the Defender of the Year, USL Championship, Jamali Waits, goalkeeper, uh, who had really solidified himself as a starting keeper with the Hounds in his two years in Pittsburgh. And then finally, last but not least, Albert Dikra. Albert Dikra really blossomed. He came into his own as a player in the 2023 season, and really 2022 and 2023. But when Russell Cicerone left and Alex Dixon left, the question was, who was going to become the Hounds' go-to score in 2023? And Albert Dikra, who worked his butt off really for three plus years uh, in Bob's Lily system, uh, came into his own in 2023 and had an outstanding year, 20 goals in league competition, but added another one in the Open Cup, was really a, the league, the team's the player of the year in the league and really the team's MVP, a guy that if you took out of the lineup, you know, all those early goals in games that were just so valuable uh, because I think Deke was work rate, but also his willingness to prepare <clears throat> and find weaknesses <clears throat> probably in Bob Lilly's game plan in looking at each opponent and finding ways. How are we going to beat this opponent? How are we going to get behind these defenders and how are we going to create and score goals? And Albert Deke had a penchant for doing that uh, and doing it so well. So, of course, getting into the offseason, my point getting to is those three players. First, we saw Ordonez make the announcement he was no longer coming back to Pittsburgh. And then Waite uh, was signed by uh, El Paso. And now Albert Dequa, just this past week, has announced that he is moving on to the expansion Rhode Island FC. And with that move, Albert Dequa kind of went and found the best contract available. And he was a free agent. He is a player that was out of contract. And the Riverhounds, now on the other side of it, had to focus and re-sign the players that were under contract, that they had either under contract, that have people under contract. Okay, so heading into the offseason, I believe they had um, four players that they had already had signed to the 2024, uh, under contract for 2024. So then they had to look at those players that had they had contract options for those second year options that they held, and they went out and signed uh, seven players uh, in that uh, in that scenario. So in total, the Riverhounds uh, roster would uh, just the eleven players that they brought back. Edward Kiza, the only forward that they brought back, 
Midfield, Danny Rovera, Langston Blackstock, Junior Itau, Deezy Harmon, Kennardo Forbes, Danny Griffin, Robbie Mertz. And then defenders were Mike DeShields, Pat Hogan, and Ilal Osamanu. So that's the squad. That's the 11 that they, the core group that they decided, you know, this is what we're going to work with. This is what we're going to bring back. Um, I'm sure we haven't had any discussion with Bob Lilly um, or Dan Visser specifically about this, although Dan did verify that, look, we are looking to re-sign players uh, and get them back in the fold. Well, one of those players that was out of contract, uh, the five, uh, it mentioned three of them, Wait, I mentioned Dequa, I mentioned Ordonez. They have obviously moved on. Another player who moved on, who was out of contract, played two years in Pittsburgh, really emerged as a starting midfielder was Mark Ibarra. And Mark Ibarra also signed with Rhode Island FC. So there you have all those guys going elsewhere. And that leaves two more players that were out of contract that were regulars on this past year's team, 2023, 2022. Uh, Luke Biasi. And he, Luke, uh, the Riverhounds announced uh, that Luke will be coming back to Pittsburgh. So that's the 12th player. So in essence, even though you're losing three or four, four really key players from last year, including the player of the year, defender of the year, Bob Lilly is just going to go about his business. He's bringing back a core of 12 players that were on last year's squad. Feel all field players. So we know they're going to have to start uh, from scratch in terms of goalkeepers and, of course, in forward, really, because Edward, Edward Keyes is the only guy coming back. But interesting, I, I kind of compare uh, this situation with Kiza with Dequa. You know, Kiza one year into his contract with Pittsburgh, but also don't forget, he was on loan to Pittsburgh the previous year. So he's had about a year and a half playing under Bob Lilly. Well, guess what happened? Albert Dequa, two years, uh, the, the Hounds brought him back after his first two years. They were a little underwhelming. He didn't really produce uh, uh, at the rate maybe that people expected. Plus, he got hurt in 2021. So 2020, he only had a half a season. He was had visa issues with the COVID season. He only played half of that really short season. 2021, injury issues. He started to come into his own a little bit, but then he, he couldn't finish the season uh uh, with and the question was why resign Albert Dequa and they resigned him for 2022 and then picked up his option for 2023 and obviously that paid off um, for the Pittsburgh Riverhounds as Dequa and his hard work and willingness to to do the dirty work and everything it paid off the 20 goals uh, league player of the year the team's MVP now Edward Kiza is a guy that Bob Lilly obviously is investing in. Um, so we will look at that maybe during preseason. We'll look closely to see who else the Hounds will sign. Um, obviously, there's going to need to be some depth at forward. So we'll, we'll see where they go. That's going to be a, an issue heading into this uh, heading into this preseason camp that we're going to be following very closely um, is development of Edward Kiza. How do, how do they, you know, add depth to that forward position. And then, of course, the other rotation position is the goalkeepers. You know, once again, they're going to start from scratch and try to find another diamond in the, uh, in the rough. And, and, you know, they did that with Jamali Waite. They did it previously with Danny Vitiello. They've done it with other goalkeepers, Kyle Morton um, and Dan Lynn before. So, you know what? For all of the 
frustration and I get the fans frustration. I completely understand. I would be completely frustrated. Our best player is not coming back. I get it, but this is the business of soccer. And you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, there are some soccer franchises out there that, that aren't that are gone. And um, Pittsburgh Riverhounds are celebrating their 25th season moving forward. Uh, and it's a lot to be proud of. A lot that has happened in Pittsburgh as far as soccer goes and maintaining stable franchise that just continues to find ways to win. Sometimes you got to cut your losses um, and you have to kind of stay within a budget. And that's what they're going to do moving forward into 2024. And I know, again, the fans frustration, it and it has a right to be to be said and has a right to be heard that maybe, you know, we love we love to have Arturo Donez or, or Jamali Waite and Albert Dequa back. And that could solidify, you know, maybe their standing in terms of being a favorite heading into the season. But. We'll see. So that's just my little two cents, at least now, as we head in, we're about a week plus away. Uh, the Hounds did pick up a couple players, um, reinforcements, if you will, for Fort Highmark in terms of defenders. Sent, um, of course, they're going to have to replace Ordonez. They have uh, Hogan. They have Osumanu. So they have some depth there. Uh, one guy that's still kind of floating out there, Nate Dos Santos, another non-player who uh, hasn't been re-signed um, by the club. So uh, yeah, with that in mind, I would say, you know, it's going to be a fascinating preseason training camp just to kind of see how this club rounds out the roster and what type of players come in and, and see how quickly they can assimilate. Um, but the two new players are Pierre Kayat and Sean Suber, uh, two younger players coming out of a MLS next uh, background, that sort of thing. And so uh, I think they're 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 kind of like that promising uh, you know, they have a lot of Bob sees something in players. He's going to he's going to you know, he's going to do what he can to help uh, bring them into a system and, and get them developed and and that sort of thing. So the Pittsburgh Riverhounds head into the preseason training camp starts January 29th. Uh, the players should be reporting on Friday the 26th. So, We'll see. We're going to have a lot of coverage. I have we have some contributors, the new contributors that are going to be jumping aboard and being part of Pittsburgh soccer. Now, of course, we're going to be bringing back some of our um, returning contributors. Uh, Matthew Baldwin, I met with him this week. He's going to be helping with some of our coverage and preseason for the Riverhounds um, and looking forward to introducing some new people, as I said. So um, but yeah, before we move into the Riverhounds and we talk about that and we cover that. Um, uh, into the preseason training camp. Um, I'm going to be bringing on a couple of very special guests um, onto the podcast very shortly here. So uh, just hang on here and uh, look forward to this conversation. All right, I'm back here on um, Sounding Off on Soccer. I've got a couple of gentlemen with me. Pittsburgh-based group um, is have shown interest in potentially investing in Norwegian club IK Start. And if I mess anything up, guys, please, please help me along with this. But uh, with me is David Grimm and R Roger Lockney. Guys, um, maybe just start this off by just telling us about your journey and how this all came to be. Uh, yeah, Dave, I, I can take this. It's, it's sort of my fault, right, this whole, this whole process. And uh, it started uh, basically back in 1989 when I was playing with the Pittsburgh Dynamo. 
And uh, I was nine years old. We had summer camps at the Shenley Oval hosted by Great Britain Buckeye soccer camps. And we hosted a coach by the name of Mick Priest uh, several summers in a row, four, five, six. We're not quite so sure. But his family and our family have remained close ever since. And um, uh, fast forward 35 years, Mick is working at Brentford as a head scout for the Americas. And uh, at, at my mom's funeral, he started talking to a random high school friend of mine who was starting to get a USL franchise off the ground. And that's when we started talking about investing in soccer uh, as a business enterprise. That USL franchise has not been granted a license. Uh, they, they, I'm not sure where they are in the process, if they've given up or they're still trying. But uh, about a year after that, Mick called me and said one of the former clubs he worked at IK Start was looking for investors. I had a call with some of their representatives at the end of October, and now it's January, so a very short time ago. And wow. and then I wrapped uh, Dave into this project. He lives around the corner, and and Dave poured gas on the fire, and and here we go. So, David, what? What brought you into it? What 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 made you want to be a part of this? So I've uh, I've also had a lifelong passion uh, for soccer, John. I um, played my entire life. Played through Division three. Uh, admittedly, didn't have the strongest collegiate uh, campaign, but it was a wonderful opportunity. And um, you know, soccer is an important part of my life and and journey thus far. And I a little bit about this particular story. Mm -hmm. I was at a dinner with friends in, in the Swickley area. Uh, after a few beverages, I overheard a conversation about this gentleman in town that was exploring an investment in a Norwegian soccer club, and it obviously piqued my interest. Uh, so Roger and I met, I think, just a day or two later. And then the following few days, we had a dinner with a larger group of, of uh, Swickley and, and regional friends to uh, uh, kind of give them an initial pitch on the idea, and we started to assemble a team uh, and we continue to do so and it's an exciting exciting adventure so far wow so just tell me a little bit more about ik start and and norwegian soccer and and just what you guys know of it and um obviously i i have discussions all the time with people about you know what next what's a good move for some players that are in usl because we're so we're so involved yes. here with USL Championship and the second division right. here in the United States in Pittsburgh. Um, we see that caliber of player. And but I've seen some players move on and play uh, in Scandinavia at a certain level uh, or in Europe or in South America. But just maybe give us an idea of what what the Norwegian, um, um, you know, league is is like and, 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 and more about this this franchise. This or this club, story club. Yeah, so um, we actually I, we did some metrics and some data analytics on relative competitiveness, right? Of the elite Zerian, which is the Norwegian top division, and then the Obos Ligan, which is the Norwegian second division. And uh, currently, Start plays in the second division. They've kind of they've been doing the bounce back and forth thing for for several years. Um, they finished as high as second place in the Leeds Zerian. In, in the recent past and a USL championship franchise. So the river hounds, right. Is our, is our local club and I uh, love the river hounds and follow them closely. They would 
kind of be in this bouncing back and forth level, right? That's about where they would play. The highest level elite Zerian clubs would be uh, competitive to some degree in the MLS. They'd kind of be middle of the table, bottom of the table. Um, you know, um, that, that's kind of that's about the metric, right? So, like, their highest level isn't quite as high as our highest level um, in both regards. So, elite Zerian is not quite as high as the top end MLS clubs. Obviously, MLS quality has gotten much, much better over the last 18 months or so, and so is the USL. Um, if, if we do manage to pull this off, I would love to see some way that we could tie in a Riverhounds and IK Start Home and Home series or something sure. like that. That would be yeah. really cool. Well, I mean, that was the thing. Like, we were, I have talked to scouts who were saying, like, this, these are type of places where someone like Albert Dequa could potentially land. And, but he, he, he would kick ass. He is, he is yeah. for sure. He's he yeah. some of that we that I've identified as being um, a phenomenal player for this club. Right. And the thing was, but USL championship, you know, clubs now and an expansion club if at that was willing to throw the money his way and keep him to, to, to play in the state. So I find that interesting. But um, but, you know, in terms of your uh, passion, uh, obviously it's there. But, uh, you know, you're seeing some success from American investors in soccer clubs on, on all levels. Of course, you know, you, you could look at the premier league and, and, and see, you know, what's going on there, but also just seeing, you know, obviously Wrexham, you know, Ryan Reynolds and McElhaney. I mean, there, there's an influence there. I think that's gotten other people excited. I don't know if that has fed off with both of you, or if you've always just kind of wanted to do something like this. Uh, Dave, you want you want to handle yeah, that? Yeah, like, I, I, yeah, I think um, you know, I think our personal passion for something you know, a venture like this has always uh, always been there. I think the um, the audiences we speak to being receptive to this type of venture has uh, certainly improved. I would guess over the last year or so with some of those moves, as you mentioned. John and we we jokingly like to say we have about one tenth the attractiveness of Ryan Reynolds and maybe a thousandth of the uh, the the net worth, but uh, we appreciate what they have done, and I do think that that path and that publicity does help with these types of conversations, especially across the uh, the ocean. For sure, um, and and so in terms of conversations and with this community uh, that support, because really when you when you invest in a club that is part of that's been part of a community for generations and generations um you know what's what have those conversations been like and and the feel that you have for this for this club along those lines uh yeah so we so we went over to christian send norway in early december uh dave and i both have young kids so it's certainly a, a, a big ask from from our families to to go over for you know, during that, that period of time. And immediately everybody we met with uh, was super friendly, super gracious. Uh, one hosted us at his house. Um, we One hosted us, one is the, prim uh, the primary sponsor of the local handball club, professional handball club, which is their second most popular team sport and a fantastic sport for anybody who's never seen it. And, you know, I, we felt that we've known these folks for a long, long time. And 
And there's certainly some skeptics, right, uh, over there, wondering what our motivation is or how we even got there. Um, but that's fair and and reasonable. But to a man, everybody we met was exceptionally friendly. It was a it was a beautiful city, John. Uh, you know, picturesque type Scandinavian coastline of of southern Norway. Incredibly welcoming people, uh, and I think everyone that we've met with and continue to discuss this opportunity with, uh, you can see the mutual, you know, benefit here. Um, this is a club that, you know, wants to, to fill their stadium again, uh, wants to have, you know, pride in their club, wants to go to the matches with their, their kids, with their friends, uh, and kind of restore that, that pride. Um, and we, we don't take that lightly and we understand that's a important responsibility to, um, you know, help manage and, and cultivate that and understand that this is a, an important piece of the, an integral piece of, of their community. Uh, so it takes a lot of trust, um, you know, between, I think, all parties to ensure that, you know, we're heading in the right, right direction together. Now, the club itself has had, just take us to where they are at this time in terms of um, in-season and also club structure and staffing and all that. I know there's been some questions and things about that. They just started their preseason camp. They have an interim coach. They have uh, no sporting director uh, right now. There's certainly been a lot of turmoil in the club. A lot of it was uh, eventually it turned out to be financial, but most of it was the, the culture in the club was sort of every man for themselves for the last couple of years where the, the sporting director and the coach and the CEO didn't have verbal communication, right? The sporting director lived in Stockholm and there's, there's just really poor communication. It was just like, all right, we are start. We're a big club. So being that we're starting a big club, we were just going to succeed regardless of, mismanagement or miscommunication and uh, that eventually comes home to roost in the form of uh, financial shortfall and uh, so they just started preseason their first in-season matches april 9th so they actually run they, 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 they follow our schedule as did the as an yes. american uh calendar which is interesting but looking around and seeing the weather outside i can only imagine what it's like in norway at this time of year so i would imagine they're not following the other European um, uh, domestic schedules uh, as well. Correct. Yeah. Which makes it interesting when it comes to Champions League or Europa League because their championship is in end of November, early December, depending on the calendar. Um, so the team that's playing in the Champions League is sort of a half a season ahead or behind, right, depending on how, how you want to look at it. Right, right. Um, so as far as culture, you know, it, it, having, um, I think, the thing that both of you are really trying to uh, help us dem establish is, is developing, uh, you know, from the top down, you know, having um, building a culture uh, there that will, you know, provide a lot of stability and things like that. When a franchise is a right. little bit in disarray, sometimes the best thing that can happen is, is good, fresh new ownership and investment. Yeah, I, I would say, uh... You know, if you were to boil it down to one objective, it's financial, long-term financial stability uh, is crucial 
for the club in the near term and the, the long term. So that is objective number one. Then obviously, you know, focus on continued player development, on pitch performance. Uh, but you can only execute all of those things if, if you have your house in order, right? So that is definitely, definitely priority number one. And that's not an overnight type solution. It will take time, takes the right partners. Uh, but we, we believe that everyone's willingness is there and it'll just take time to find that right solution. And uh, as you know, it, we've seen it here in Pittsburgh, obviously with once ownership kind of was able to provide the stability, then I think the Riverhounds finally were able to do what they've done in the last 10, last eight, seven or eight years, especially bringing in um, a coach, a system uh, that has established that winning culture. Um, I don't think Ted Lasso is going to be available. So, but I think you have some, some good, I'm sure you'll, you'll find some good options, right? And the Riverhounds are a really uh, a fantastic success story, right? They, they had a long-term plan and, it's worked out fantastic. Like this is a 10 year project, right? This is, there's three, five and 10 year benchmarks. But as you said, you know, the last several years, Riverhounds have been increasing their on-field results. I'm sure their books are looking much better than they did 10 years ago. And the, the games are really, really fun. Um, I, I've had such fantastic experiences at those games and, you know, early in the late '90s, early 2000s, the games weren't nearly as as much fun. But, um, but that's that's the model that that we're looking for: finding the right partners. You know, locally, uh, we we have had some discussions with some corporate partners that have shown some interest. And um, you know, we're, we we basically started a venture capital group to invest solely in Norwegian soccer club. And this whole concept didn't even exist in my world, you know, eight weeks ago, or 10 wow. weeks ago. So, wow. It's been on, uh, it's, it's, it's been going really, really fast and it's been really exciting, but it's a lot to keep up with. So this week, I understand there is a meeting, um, uh, I guess the members of the, the board um, is, is me members meeting uh, is taking place uh, on the 25th. So what is your role now? Uh, what is your, what are you, what is, what is on your agenda for the next, you know, week or so as this, this happens? Dave, you want to, you want to follow through with that? You've yeah, essentially, essentially, John, uh, the club is, is owned you know, by the members, right? Uh, so it is up to that membership to, um, enter into any sort of negotiation or or uh, next step with any external partner such as such as our group so uh, what essentially will happen on Thursday I I think we can safely predict it will not be a short meeting uh, I'm sure it'll there'll be plenty of uh, conversation amongst the, the club members but they will look to elect a an interim board and the election of that new interim board uh, will then be empowered to hold negotiations or or discuss and execute next steps, whether that be with us uh, or or um, which obviously we hope hope that it is uh, to be with us. And we, we expect that's the direction this is going, uh, but it'll be up to that interim board who will be empowered on Thursday for the next next steps. And will you 
yep. be involved. What, what is your next step in terms of will you be going to Norway at any point or you'll kind of wait and see what, what, what's going on there? We, we are not going for this particular meeting. Our, our next step is sort of pending the outcome. So back here, we've been continuing to raise, raise the capital. We're off to a, a really, really strong start to that. Establishing the, the limited liability corporation, establishing our sporting plan, our financial plan. And, and we just continue to do that under the assumption that the board will want to move in this direction. And that's that's been our focus basically since we went to Norway. We have an NDA with the club. We have, you know, five, 10 year historical financial results. We have projections. So we have all the information that we need from the club in that regard. And we're just continuing to move forward to take what is probably a, a 12 month process and do it in, you know, eight weeks. And so there, there will be some ongoing, you know, ongoing due diligence, John. Uh, but I think the Thursday is really crucial because it, it shows, uh, you know, a, a mutual path, you know, forward to finding a solution. Well, I'll be in your corner because, you know, anytime we can spread the goodwill of Pittsburgh soccer in some respect um, throughout the globe, I think that's a great thing, um, whether it be, um you know, black and gold um, presence, uh, you know, spreading even more or or whatnot. But um, and also I understand you do have someone uh, from the other side of the state. You know, we do have a Philadelphia soccer now as well, by the way. Um, right. <laughs> but uh, you have a gentleman, um, uh, Jean, 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 uh, Jean Blay, uh, who actually has been a board member with Philadelphia Union um, Foundation, as far as I as that yes i understand um, so you have him involved as well yeah, former he, former Sewickley resident john yeah he spent some time at pittsburgh okay <laughs> all right excellent so so there you know this is a this is a an effort uh with a lot of people who have interest uh in in growing the game but also potentially business you know moving the business model uh like taking an established club and taking it to uh, the next level in this in this century, you know, where, where it needs to go. I mean, if that's to me, if that's anything I've seen from Wrexham, that whole experiment um, is that 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 fan base, that community um, has sort of had a rebirth um, it, it, thanks to um, thanks to Energize investment. Yeah, that. Yeah, we're not, we're not trying to, we're, you know, we we don't have the same as, as Grim said. Right. Uh, Sure. A program, but that's the idea, right? Maybe what this club needs, and that's what we're banking on, is external influence in creating curiosity, interest, and excitement. Like, why would a random Pittsburgh-based group that's been like bootstrapping capital raising have any interest in this club, right? How does that work, right? And we think that's going to create enough interest and excitement to get us started with. Uh, more more ticket sales, more views, more more excitement, and then we can then parlay that into sponsorship deals, player agreements, and things of that nature. Absolutely, I think that's that would be uh, be a lot of fun. Um, so, well, definitely, like I said, I'm in your corner. I'm hoping this this really goes well, and and that that you know everything Thursday um, 
it goes in a positive direction your way and and we could have uh some 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 fun here because we also have uh a gentleman uh Michael Monsoor. I don't know if either of you are aware of Michael, but he has invested in a club in he's from Pittsburgh area and he invested in a club Manchester uh 60 1962 FC in Gibraltar. So he's been managing okay. the club and he's been pretty hands-on. He started off, he started a club here in Pittsburgh called uh, Pittsburgh City um, United FC. Um, but he has now gone on to Manchester, uh, uh, 1962, based out of Gibraltar. So it'll be interesting to see, yes, basically on both one end, each end of Europe, you'd have a Pittsburgh investment right. in soccer teams. That's pretty cool. Yeah, John, if you wouldn't, if you wouldn't mind connecting us with him. That'd be, absolutely that'd be great i'm sure i'm yeah. sure he would have some advice for us oh absolutely yeah. michael is uh he's never uh one to be shy about sharing his experience so i, I certainly will uh i can definitely put you in touch with him and and awesome. one of the fun coincidences is that that start colors are black and gold right like what that's yeah. all that was one of the many many sort of unique touch points that you know make it seem like we should go after this right like every every sign has been pointing to yes like there's not been you know any either like qualitative or quantitative reason for us to be discouraged and, and you know something like them being black and gold is one of those one of those moments right one of those qualitative things that you, you gotta lend lend some credence to as you're going through something like this well, that's awesome. So who knows, maybe some terrible towels, uh, you bring those out there uh, as well. You're on it. You're on uh, it. You can't cry. You can't, um, there's a terrible towel curse. So hopefully no fans, uh, you know, that's what we've seen <laughs> that's a lot right. of that the last couple of weeks. Um, so any fans denigrate the terrible towel, you know, you have that going for you against that. That's right. Good point. Good point. <laughs> All right. Well, guys, uh, thank you so much for joining me. We will follow this and obviously report on uh, this as, as this moves forward. I, I really appreciate you reaching out. And and um, I think this is this is a really great thing. Hopefully, um, you know, you'll be able to 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 really give IK, IK start uh, a boost that, that it probably needs. Uh, appreciate John. And thank you to you and, and your outlet. Obviously, you're working hard. Um to elevate the game of football domestically. Uh, and, and we see this, you know, essentially as an extension of evangelizing the game. Uh, I think any, any time that we have an opportunity to involve, uh, you know, Americans and in, into the game of football, it's, it's a positive step in the right direction. Obviously we know this is a, it takes time uh, to, uh, to do, um, but we, we appreciate being a part of the experience and the adventure. Absolutely. Roger and David, thank you again for joining me and uh, we'll be talking soon. Awesome. Thanks, All right. John. All right. That was Roger Lockney and David Grimm, uh, who really have uh, some ambitions, you know, where I was talking about the investment, uh, the fact that, uh, you know, of course, the most famous being the the welcome to Wrexham, the, the investment by Ryan Reynolds and um, Rob McElhaney have made with that club in England. And now seeing this, you know, 118 year old club in Norway, uh, and you have a, you know, young um, general, you know, gentlemen uh, getting an, an enterprise group together to, uh, you know, come up with this st strategy 
trying to develop long-term financial responsibility for, for a club that's that has a lot of history, but it's going through a little bit right now. So um, again, here in Pittsburgh, we wish them nothing but the best. And, and knowing that IK Start is a black and gold, uh, uh, wear, wearing, you know, crest and club uh that 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 wears the black and gold uh, certainly would be pretty uh pretty fun to have some pittsburgh investors um and see what they if they can get involved uh if they could get that club back up to the top division in norway and kind of see through um that development that that'll be pretty exciting um for sure but again what a great way to start the new year right 2024 you have Turning the page and soccer in, in our region in greater Pittsburgh area continues to find ways to to keep um, growing and, and finding um, reaching all corners of the globe here. We, we do have a lot of people who, um, you know, I didn't talk about this at the outset, but one of the news stories that did come out um, after January 1st, of course, two uh, uh, Pitt fem women's players, uh, Amanda West. And Landy Mertz, both of them getting drafted in the NWSL. This has never happened before. Uh, so uh, I'd like to just send out a shout out, kudos to both Amanda West, uh, who bounced back from a knee injury after her you know, fifth year to come back and make it uh, be part of that very, very, very special pit team that made it to the Elite Eight last year, uh, losing to the eventual champions, Florida State. And really one of the teams that that went toe to toe with Florida state this past year and two big reasons why, because Amanda West, Landy Mertz, of course, they will run it back again with Randy Waldrum at head coach. I'm sure they'll, they'll be back next just coming year with a, with another very, very strong, strong team. So yeah. So the 2024 is off and running and uh, we've got people looking to invest in fit from Pittsburgh into clubs overseas we have the Riverhounds getting ready to celebrate their 25th anniversary. Uh, and their logo was revealed uh, is, is this recording uh, about an hour or so before this recording um, here uh, at the beginning of the week uh, here in uh, January 22nd. So look forward to an exciting 2024, a lot more sounding off on soccer podcasts. Um, we are actually going to get into a few uh, kids on the pitch podcasts, uh, kind of following up on the uh, this past high school season, but also just talking about some fun and interesting topics that will be coming down the pike in the coming uh, weeks and months. Uh, looking forward to that. So as 2024 evolves, um, but a lot of our focus in Pittsburgh soccer now will certainly be uh, with the Pittsburgh Riverhounds as they build their squad and build towards early March when they face New Mexico and their first uh, first regular season match. And we'll see how it goes. If they can get to the 32, 34 game season again, and then get to the playoffs and, and look to maybe really take a shot at their first ever U S lifting the USL cup for the first time. And I think that's with all the Bob Lilly and his players that are coming back. Uh, you, you bring back Canardo Forbes at age 35. You're bringing back Danny Griffin. You're bringing back Robbie Mertz. Danny Rovera is 
is going to be a st stable player there six years now with the Riverhounds. Um, so they they do have some stability and they're going to build around that. They're going to build around that and we'll see where it goes. But um, but yeah, so that's that's really where we are at the beginning of 2024. Um, again, look forward to more podcasts and a lot more. And again, thanks to uh, Roger Lockney and David Grimm uh, for joining me today. We are going to follow that story closely. Uh, and if they can they can get the support from their members uh, to bring them on board. Um, oh, what a fun story that will be. And I was referring to Michael Monsoor, who also owns a club uh, in Manchester, uh, 1962 in Gibraltar. So that would be interesting to have two Pittsburgh-based investors um, overseas now, uh, groups uh, with overseeing clubs. Uh, so that, that will be um, something we'll continue to, to monitor uh, in, in the coming week or so. All right. Well, thanks again for joining me on Sounding Off on Soccer. Lots more content to come. Riverhounds camp starts a week from today. So we will have much, much more to come. Thank you. And we'll talk soon.